The following show contains adult content. It's not our intent to offend anyone, but we want to inform you that if you are a child under the age of 18 or get offended easily, this next show may not be for you. The content, opinions, and subject matter of these shows are solely the choice of your show hosts and their guests, and not those of the Entertainment Network or any affiliated stations. Any comments or inquiries should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for listening. Hello, hello, hello. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Bringing you the good times in music, fashion, and pop culture and entertainment. We've got a great show for you guys today. Before we get started, let me tell you who they are. We've got uh, the incredibly talented Monica Henry, daughter of the incredibly well-known, respected, and fabulous actor Paul Henry. And we have Augie Duke coming on. Um, it's going to a lot of fun. Before we get started, let me introduce my cool, outrageous man about town co-host, Mr. Ron Russell. Hey, everybody. Great to be here today. Show's going to be fabulous. I just want to say I got my second shot uh, Monday, and two days later, I feel fine. I don't get a reaction from the shot, and many of my friends don't. Some people got a little dizzy or a little tired. I didn't get anything from the shot. Uh, yes, the shot is not foolproof, but it's better than not having it. Because if you don't have the shot and you get the virus, you can die. If you have the shot and you get the virus, you'll just get very sick. So I suggest, I, I really wish that everybody out there my age would get the shot. You know, so many guys and girls my age are so afraid. They said, you know, we're in our 80s. I mean, I'm 80. And they're in their 80s, and they're afraid that the shot may kill them. It does not. I'm 80 years old. I'll be 81 in May. And I'm terrific, and I feel great. So get the shot. Now about today's guest. I am so excited. Because you know that the 1940s and 50s was my years of film. Knowing Betty Davis was a thrill, and I know that uh, our guest also knew Betty Davis. So we're going to have a lot of stories about Betty and all of Hollywood's great legends of when Hollywood was golden, uh, when Hollywood was Hollywood. It was just a word alone, Hollywood, and everybody got excited. Today you say Hollywood, and they think of, you know, Hollywood Boulevard, Chinese Grauman Theater, and all of the peddlers out front selling junk and people running around and dressed like crap. So Hollywood is no longer the Hollywood it was in the days of the fabulous Paul Henreid, who was an outstanding actor and a, and a beautiful man who had style, class, finesse, charm, intelligence, and was a good actor. Uh, if he wasn't a good actor, my buddy Betty Davis would never, ever have worked with him in Now Voyager, which is a classic film today, of which we will talk about with our incredible guest. So I'm excited. 
Okay, I can't I, wait to meet her. And I'm finally, uh, the chat room is coming up. Sorry, everybody. I, I was out of the chat room for some reason. I got kicked out, but uh, chat room is packed. Hello, Thomas Claxton is in the chat room. Teresa Saban is in the chat room. Don Hinton is in the chat room. They like our pastel colors. Boomer Mays football player is in the chat room. Uh, Backpack John is in the chat room. I'm sure Cindy Lady Lake is in the chat room, um, but I'm not uh, – uh, I can't see everything that's in there. Cambria Carpenter, hello, hello. Welcome back. Happy to see you here. And um, uh, let's see. Hold on. Uh, oh, uh, Angela is in the chat room. Angie, baby. Pat Grant, oh, yes. Uh, uh, Cindy Lady Lake is in the chat room. Pat Grant, hello, hello. Carson. Nice to see you back, Pat. We missed you. Um, you have a different watch on today. What do you got? No, I think I, I think it's going to be a, a – we've worn it before. It's a 40s. A uh, 49. 49 watch, and it's in chartreuse and the shade of blue aqua that I'm wearing right now. So here, we'll hold it up. It matches the shirt that I have. Matches mine, too. Yeah, but I, I've had this watch on. You know, I do run out of watches. Yeah, we don't have one for every day. I mean, I, I have about 50 watches, but it's a lot of watches, my dear. It's a lot of fun. So the chat room is packed, you guys. We're going to have a lot of fun. If I missed you in the chat room, I'm sorry. Um, I was way behind because I don't know why I got booted out. Um, so I'm working on it. But we want to thank everybody for tuning in. We should have. Oh, B. Claudia is there. Hey, B. Claudia. Hey, yay. Can we bring our first guest on? I can't wait anymore. I'm too excited. Oh, she'll be coming soon. She'll I am so excited to meet you. She's coming on in. Uh, uh, her name is Monica, but spelt Monica. Uh, I guess that because Paul Henry was from Austria. And possibly uh, Austria. That's how they spell Monica. I'll ask her to find out a little bit about Paul Henry. He was a Warner Brothers actor who was in Casablanca. He played Ingrid Bergman's husband in that wonderful film with Humphrey Bogart. Uh, everyone knows who Paul Henry is. He went on to direct later in years. He was my mother's favorite. She, one of her favorites. She loved him because she loved all men that were foreign. That's why she married my father, who was a foreigner also, an Italian foreigner. Paul Henry had a charm and a class that no one else had. And if you see Casablanca and you see Paul Henry working and speaking, and then Humphrey Bogart on the other end is the tough guy with bad grammar. It's just wonderful how you have the best and the toughest together in those scenes. And I think that's what made uh, Casablanca the number one movie of my era. Lord Reigns was brilliant in it. Ingrid Bergman, of course, was wonderful. She had never met Humphrey Bogart. And the first scenes that they had, I believe, were love scenes. And I don't think that Ingrid ever met Paul Henry. And I'm going to ask Monique if that's true. So many questions to ask her. She's probably one of my most exciting guests because she and I are all that's left of uh, Hollywood glamour, of Hollywood legends. Um, I'm sure we know we both know so many people. She probably knows more than I do because she grew up, you know, with her. I didn't. Um, so I'm excited. And I she's wait. very, very nice, you guys. She oh, has I, a I, coming out yeah, about Jimmy Paul did, Henry. Jimmy did a test with her. I did a test with her yesterday. She's just a lovely woman. You know why? Because people from our era, and I'm including Monica in my era. Monica. Monica. She doesn't go by Monica? No, she goes by Monica. Oh, Monica. Oh, I like Monica better. There's uh, uh, an actress, Monika van Veren, and she was uh, Austrian also. So I believe Monika is how 
it's pronounced in Austria, but we'll do Monica if that's what she prefers. Um, I actually made sure to ask her how do I pronounce this since I wasn't. No, sure. but I like Mo Monica. Everybody could be a Monica, but not too many people could be Monica. Monica is such a beautiful name. I'm sure that's why Paul uh, spelt it that way. Well, I'm going to ask her if her father called her Monica or Monica. He probably had a nickname for her. Probably Monkey. Why Monkey? Because Monica, Monica people usually call Monkey. I didn't know that. Well, you don't know much about my days. Everybody had a nickname in my day. No matter who you were, you had a nickname. Bogart, Humphrey Bogart was Bogey. Lauren Bacall was Bacall. No, we didn't even bother with first names because you knew who they were. Uh, today, if you just give a last name, it's their real names and you don't really know who they are. Okay. Back in the 40s and 50s, everybody had a wonderful stage name you could pronounce. Goddess just joined us too, so welcome, Goddess. Well, hey, Goddess. Good you Teresa Saban says you're classy and she loves the shirts that we have on. Oh, thank you, Teresa. Teresa's so fabulous. Saban. Yeah. Well, today we have a classy guest, so it's not going to be a risque show that we usually give you when we have crazy people on. We have a very intelligent lady on who has... <laughs> that means everybody else is not intelligent. <laughs> no, 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 no. Everybody else... No, no she's from no, I, I'm talking about a woman who sells and preaches intelligence because she's done colleges, she's written books, she's been interviewed. She's a very, very well-known woman in the business, and she is an advocate of Hollywood. And her father, she's proud of her dad. Who wouldn't be? I mean, he was a... He's a big director, too, which I didn't fabulous, know he was a big director. Fabulous director. He directed many Alfred Hitchcock... Uh, 28 episodes. Episodes. Uh, he also, did, he also uh, which we'll talk about, he also did uh, episodes of uh, he, he directed, The Big Valley. He directed Betty Davis in a double life. Or, it wasn't a story. The double where she played herself twice, where she was the rich sister that killed the poor sister and took her place. Ted Ringer. Ted Ringer. Paul Henry uh, directed Ted Ringer. So he's got quite a, a lot of... Uh, that's, the, that's the movie that with um, Betty Davis kills her twin sister? Well, there are two of them. There's a stolen life where Betty Davis and her sister go out in a boat and one twin drowns. Yeah, they remade that. Wait, uh, don't, don't bother remaking. With Jeremy Irons. Yeah, well, don't remake. I mean, <laughs> You know, <laughs> Betty Davis made a movie called The Letter, which is one of my favorites. And then they did The Letter years later with one of the stars that I love, uh, beautiful blonde who passed away young. What was her name? Uh, I can't think of her name. Anyway, it was not a good production. I think when they start to do classic Hollywood movies today, they lose the essence of the film. You cannot do Casablanca. You cannot do Now Voyager today. Because it will never play. Back then, we had the the sets, the designers, the gown makers, the hairdressers, the makeup people, studios that manufactured these people. And when they did a film, they did a film the letter perfect. It was not the issue because the studio heads gave the money. They didn't have to go out and pay for the money like we do in films today had a script, you handed it to the head of the studio. If they liked the script, then they decided what actors should play the parts. They submitted it to the actors. Many scripts were given to Betty Davis that she said, forget about it. Like they gave her Gone with the Wind. And Betty said, oh, this one's going to be a pip. 
and she refused it, which was a big mistake. Because if she lost the Oscar that year to Vivian Lee, who won for Gone with Wind, so Betty would have won two films, or had been nominated for two films, had she done Gone with Wind. Uh, and he says she loves all the dresses from all that time, too, which is... Oh, sure, the costumes were beautiful back then. You had Aura Kelly. Aura Kelly was a fabulous designer. Uh, you had Edith Head. My God, Barbara Streisand wouldn't do a, not Barbara Streisand, Barbara Stanwyck wouldn't do a movie without Edith Head doing her drop waist because Barbara Stanwyck had a low rear end. It was very low. And it didn't look good if she had a belt on her waist because then her butt looked like it was down around her knees. So Edith Head designed gowns that sloped, sloped down in the back with big belts so that her butt looked like it was up higher. Designers then knew how to make a star look good. Lighting. I mean, Joan Crawford only had one guy do her lights to her movies, and they used to shade her with Venetian blinds or palm tree because Crawford had such a masculine face. They would shade her face down so she looked feminine. All those wonderful tricks they don't do today. We were watching a movie on Netflix the other night, and we saw the nostril hairs of a female star. Now, I don't think that's becoming or interesting. We saw pause. I mean, on, I mean they, the camera was already doing these enormous close-ups, and we could see the black heads, the pause in their faces. I mean, that's nauseating. We want to see a set. Years ago, they shot a wide shot, okay? And the shot was of the set room. The actors walked across the room. They sat on the furniture. Then they came in for a two-shot or a close-up. Today... The camera is up their noses. What the hell is that all about? So you ready to bring her on? Oh, am I ready? I'm fainting from her. Are you kidding? Okay, come wait. on. Let's go. Uh, uh, Ghana, uh, Rebel. I'm fucking goddess <laughs> on my brain. All right, Rebel, let's go. Let's see if we can bring her on. I'm so excited. Oh, I they feel said like, she popped that again. She might I be feel like I feel like I'm going back in time, back to when I was a young man and how I loved my Hollywood. Oh, she's not having. She says, says she's having. They think she's having an inter, uh, inter, uh, an internet problem. She, she jumped in and out. So we got to wait a sec till she pops back in, everybody. Um, That's why I like. Gladys is in Ohio now with her parents, and it's cold. She said, oh. "I'm not used to the cold." Like Here we go. Hello, there she is. Well, hello to you, my dear. Hang on. <laughs> I am so excited. You have no idea. Oh, how nice. Thank I you. I really am, because I know that this conversation with you is going to be absolutely thrilling for me, because we know some of the same people. We're from the same era. And your dad was one of my favorite actors. Oh, yep. thank you. He would love to know that. I think they do. <laughs> so hold on. Let me make an introduction now that yes. we know that we can hear you. All right, everybody. Now we want to welcome the Jimmy Starr Show with Ron Russell incredibly fabulous Monica Henreid. Hello and welcome to the show. Oh, hello and so nice to see you both. So nice to see you. Even though you know Ron from Facebook, I'm going to do my regular introduction. So this is our cool, outrageous man about town, Ron Russell. Who's going to behave today. <laughs> oh, you don't have, not on my account, Ron. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. Sometimes we have on people that like it very risque and we can get kind of sleazy and but we're not going to do that still, today. Rick Hell Welch turned down a show. He said, no way am I ever coming on your show, because she probably looked in at one that we had with a stripper or something. <laughs> and, you know, and it, but she didn't look to see that I've had legendary 
Hollywood stars on our show. So hold on. We, we have a yeah. chat room. We have a chat room filled with uh, all different countries. We've got Germany, England, Canada, lots of people in the United States. So the people from all over. So please say hi to everybody in the chat room. Hi, everybody in the chat room. <laughs> and then I have a few uh, classic film buffs. So we have to say hi to Cindy Lady Lake. Hi, Cindy. And we have to say hi to B. Claudia. I'm sorry, Claudia, something? B. Claudia. In Germany. B-E-E, -E, Claudia. B, like oh, a B. Okay, B. Claudia, there you go. And, and uh, Teresa, say hi to Teresa. She, cause, hi, cause they've all Teresa. been super excited. So there we go. Okay, before we go any further, let's set this record straight. Mon Monica or Monica? Monica. Did Daddy call you Monica? No. Where did he, had, the he, called, he called me Pinky. He called Pinky. me Moni Line. He called me Mo. He called me George. Whatever was convenient at the moment. But why did he put the K in your name? Or why did your mother put the K in your name? Because the Central European languages are more towards the Scandinavian and they use K more often than C, whereas the Latin languages use the C. Right, right. Beyond I that, I know nothing. My father had that <laughs> wonderful accent. Now, my mother, from 1910, was an actress, Jenny Gabriel, a child actress in silent film. So my mother raised me with Valentino, uh, Goma Banke, all those great stars, Gloria Swanson, who my mother knew. Um, Paul Henry was one of her most favorite actors, and I'm not saying this to flatter you. My mother thought that he was the sexiest, handsomest man with the most sophisticated class and that he could treat a lady like a lady and make a lady feel like a lady, unlike Clark Gable or Humphrey Bogart that sort of knocked the broads around. Um, <laughs> was your father like that in real life? Was he a charming, sophisticated, elegant, aristocratic gentleman? All of the above. All of the above, I figured so. All of the above. So. He was every one of those things. He was one of the most gracious people I've ever met. And he was, um, I, I don't want to say not selective because that sounds a little strange, but he treated all of his fans the same way. He treated all of the ladies in his life the same way. He was gracious with everyone. Love it. Yeah. I, asked, I asked Betty Davis. Uh, I knew Betty very late in life, uh, about probably four, three or four years before she passed away. And um, I forgot we were somewhere. We were gabbing. And I brought up. Uh, now Voyager. Mm -hmm. And I said to her, Betty, I read once that uh, you didn't like powerful men, that you would never work opposite a strong, like a clock able, that you always preferred men that were sort of docile or uh, giving. I said, but I didn't find that with Paul Henry Voyager, because he was the silent type, but the strong type. And his dialogue was wonderful, because his dialogue put you where you should be. And he made it very clear that he was a gentleman. He was not going to abuse you and make you a backstreet woman, but love interest, you know, and it was brilliantly done. And Betty yeah. Davis agreed with me. She said, I, well, of course he was a friend of hers and she, and she loved him and she really liked working with him. Yeah. As and well if as, it were not, I'm sorry. As well as George Brent. She, all, she had a love affair with George Brent. Not with your father. She never had an affair with your father. But she had an affair with George Brent, and she also liked him. Okay, yeah. now you take it. Yeah. Oh, well, I was just going to say that they, 
they became great friends. And part of the reason they became great friends was because of now Voyager. Because there were, uh, apparently Warner Brothers was stumped as to who should play Jerry. And my father had just done a film called Joan of Paris over at RKO, which Betty had seen. And so she had said to, to whoever the powers that be, if it was casting or producers or, you know, if it was Hal Wallace or Jack, I don't know who it was. She said, you know, I saw this guy in this film, Joan of Paris, and he's really good. And I think we should, we should try him, test him. So he came over to Warner's and he did a test. But in order to do the test, they sent him to makeup and wardrobe. They dressed him like George Brent. They did the thick makeup. They slicked back his hair. He did the test. Uh, luckily, truly luckily, uh, Betty saw the test and said, who's that? I mean, they made him up to the point where she, he was unrecognizable. And, and she said, this is what you've got to do. Put him in his own clothes, get rid of the makeup, let him do his own hair, let him fluff out his hair, let him just be who he is and do it again. And there you have. Betty had that kind of control. Betty had that kind of. Betty Davis had that sort of control. Uh, She she had a lot of influence. Definitely. Her leading men, as I said, she would never ever play against Gable. And I mentioned that to her one time. I said, I know why you wouldn't play against Gable. And she said, Why, Mister Smart Man? I said, Because (laughs) because he'd knock you on your ass. Yeah, there you go. And you you couldn't do it. So you have to be the power pack. She yeah. started to laugh. She said, oh, is that what everyone thinks? And, you know, Betty had that <laughs> wonderful sense of humor. The, the thing I found fascinating about Betty Davis was I was up at the house on um, the, the colonial the colony house over on Havenhurst. She had a little get together. And she was standing off the balcony smoking a cigarette and drinking a scotch. I have never seen anyone inhale a cigarette and sip a scotch at the same time, blow out smoke, not cough. So Absolutely. I So I said to her, it is really amazing what I'm watching. She said, what is that? I said, you can inhale a cigarette and drink a scotch. What's the punchline? Oh, my God, I forgot it. And she said to me, <laughs> no, she said something hysterically witty. Oh, it'll come to me. I forgot what it was. And I, I knew this. I've said this on interviews. It was hysterically witty. Yeah, she was she was very funny. She was very very fun, very and funny in the sense of clever and a very fast wit. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I I knew her, you know, all basically all my life. All, all so, your life. Yes, yeah. I can only agree. She was, was a, she was quite she wonderful. Was, she was abroad. She really wasn't a fancy schmancy lady. She was abroad. Well, she had a, we did, she had a mouth on her. I mean, she threw that f word around. I mean, she didn't care. Absolutely, absolutely. She was a tough. We boy. didn't have. We didn't have Thanksgiving being sort of a, a European household. So Thanksgiving, though it was honored and respected, it wasn't something we had. I mean, a turkey in our kitchen, I don't think you'd ever find that because my father, you know, that would not be something that he would particularly enjoy. So we would go to her house when she was in California over Thanksgiving, over the holidays. We would go to her house over Thanksgiving. She would come to us over Christmas. And I remember... I can't even tell you how many times we'd arrive, she'd open the door, cigarette and scotch in one hand, she'd open the door, grab my father, who was needless to say, better than a foot taller than she was, grab my mother, grab me, and adults are in the library, children are by the pool, I've got to go back to the kitchen, I've been there all day. Now she's dressed in jeans, a chambray shirt tied at the waist, some kind of ridiculous scarf on her head, and she just as fast as she got to the door, she was gone again down the hall to the thing. Now, the thing about her being in the kitchen all day, 
was more as as a commandant than necessarily the cook because there was a full catering service back there. And the woman who ran the set, you know, if it's showbiz, it's going to be showbiz, right? So the lady who owned the catering service, who was this magnificent, magnificent cook, her name was Helen Hayes. Right? Ah, I met Helen Hayes. This, this is not the, this oh, is not the, the actress. Helen Hayes. Oh, okay. I met this the is real not, this is not the actress. This was a very tall African American woman whose name happened to be Helen Hayes. Helen Hayes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and and then Betty would come out and be the hostess with the Moses. She always made sure everybody had what they needed. She was she was fantastic. She was one of the most down to earth people yes, she uh, was. that we would come across. We, I mean, needless to say, growing up in the house I did, there were lots of guests from across the entertainment community. And we got some real stinkers. I mean, I'll tell you. And Betty was never one of them, ever, no. ever. Yeah. I, I gave Betty Davis a gift, a shower curtain and a, and a padded toilet seat. She <laughs> loved, no, because we had a, a showroom on Robertson Boulevard, all designs by Wall Illusion, and it was a wallpaper store. And I had known Betty, and I said, come on in one day, you know, when you're on Robertson. And sure enough, she came in, browsed around, and she said, isn't that interesting? And she kept pressing the toilet seat the phone would give. She said, that is a comfortable idea. I said, yes, it is. <laughs> she said, may I have one? I'd like to order one. I said, well, can we gift you one? I want to give you as a gift. She said, great. Now I could be comfortable when I read those awful scripts. <laughs> <laughs> so I started to lift my head off. And there was, right. there was a client in the store in the wings dropping dead because it was Betty Davis. He near wet himself from laughter. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah, we went oh, with my Betty. Goodness. My friend Lee Winkler of Global Enterprises, this is the founder, Lee and I, and two other people. We took a producer and somebody else. We went to La Moustache with Betty Davis. She had a pot hat on, pulled down, sunglasses, no lipstick. Nobody knew who she was. After lunch, she put the lipstick on like this, one, two, two shots yeah. it was on. Yeah. And she turned around and said to the waiter, Mom! coffee. Well, there must have been 3,000 queens in that restaurant because it was in West Hollywood. They all jumped up and they ran over. Oh, Miss Davis, I adore you. Miss Davis, I love you. I love you. And all she kept saying was, of course you do. Of course you do. Of course you do. And I'm here choked on my coffee. Wait, enough about Betty. Let's get back to dad. Now, Ingrid, oh, okay. Berg Ingrid Bergman. One of my favorites. I mean, Car with Cary Grant. I mean, those spectacular movies. Ingrid Bergman was by far probably one of the most natural, beautiful women. Oh, Dad. Only hold on, hold on, hold on. She dropped her headphone. Oh, I do that all the time. She can't hear time. with that, so hang on. I don't know where it is, but I'll find it. It's okay. <laughs> That's okay. This is so much fun. Yes. No, you don't have to have it. We can hear, but it, it echoes though if you don't have it. So it's better if you have it. Yeah, it's better if you can find it because then you won't echo. Okay. Okay. There we go. Question, question. I think the casting was brilliant in uh, Casablanca. That's why it is the number one movie in the world today. If people are asked what's their favorite old. I can't say old movie because Lauren Bacall said to me, Ron, a movie is only old after you've seen it. And she corrected <laughs> me. She said, never say old movie. In other words, Lauren yes. Bacall was never in an old movie <laughs> until after you've seen it. Anyway, the film of yesteryear. 
they knew what they were doing because they needed somebody European, powerful, sophisticated, who could play the part that Paul Henry mm-hmm. played. Tell me, what did Dad really feel about that part, and how did he feel about working with Bogart and Ingrid uh, Bergman? Well, that's interesting, historically and otherwise. I mean, he really, he really didn't want to do it because the part was very small. It was, um, they talk about him a lot, but you don't see him a lot. If you go to the original script in the play, in the play, you hardly, I don't even know that you see him at all. But anyway, um, he had now gotten his name above the titles, co-starring with Michelle Morgan and and Betty Davis. What did he want to do playing a supporting role with his name under the title, you know, mixed in with other character actors. He was not happy about that at all. He was 34 years old. He wasn't ready to be, you know, shunted off into the backwoods, so to speak. So there was a lot of conversation, I would imagine a lot of arguments um, as to how they could fix that. And it, it apparently the, the dialogues, the conversations went on quite some time as to how they could actually give him dialogue, make his presence known no, so that you see Victor Laszlo, you don't just hear about Victor Laszlo. And they wanted, you know, a, a kind of a stiff stick in the mud kind of a characterization, not an emotional thing. So I think he had to play kind of down the middle of that, just using his own, when he, I mean, when he did then finally say yes, because they did agree to uh, enlarge the dialogue, his time on screen, and actually put his name above the title. Of course, in any of the re-releases, that's not necessarily the case because he only that only held true in his original contract. But you know, I, it's it's a great movie. It's a it's See, classic was, because it's a, it's a great movie. Your father was so powerful in that movie. I didn't see him anything less than one of the stars. He was third lead. You know, third lead would be just as important as first lead. Bogart was first, Ingrid was second, Henry was third. Your dad dad played it with such strength because he knew that she was having a prior affair with Bogart. He knew all along that his wife loved Bogart, yet he was such a proud man that he didn't respond to it. He was brilliant in it. I think if he wasn't in it and they put somebody else, the film wouldn't be the classic. My feelings are that Claude Rains... And Paul Henry both brought that movie to light. Right. They made it a classic. You. Seriously. <laughs> I, I agree. I'm ser- I mean, Bergman was I good. She was weak. You know, she did a couple of good things. Bogey was bogey, always playing bogey. So we knew, we got his act. We knew Bogey's act. When Claude Rains played that crooked cop, a womanizer <laughs> and a gambler, and the way they joked around, that was wonderful. I love the film. I must have seen it 50 times or more. And your father was brilliant in that. Thank so I want, to, I want to interject, first of all, because yes. we also have a lot of young fans who might not watch Turner Classic Movies and might not know. So number one, I want to just tell all of them, you need to see, well, everybody should see Casablanca. I don't really know anybody who hasn't seen it. But I think younger people might not have seen Casablanca. Wonderful film. Um, Beautiful and now Voyager, which was on on Valentine's Day, which is a fabulous movie. And I actually like Dead Ringer, uh, one Betty Davis. <laughs> I, I, yeah, because I'm I'm you know I'm kinda like like I even like like Exorcist too and stuff. So like I'm all because I'm a little bit younger than Ron is. Um and I, I hadn't seen any of those films until I met Ron. I had never seen anything but Casablanca. 
Um, I, I had oh, seen Casablanca, but that's yeah. the only one I had seen. But Voyager was yeah. wonderful because they didn't yeah. know how to do the two cigarette number. For him to light a cigarette and hand it to her and him to light, it's too much, too much film going by. So I believe, now correct me if I'm wrong, did Dad uh, pick that up, the two cigarettes in the mouth, light at the same time, hand one to Betty? Well, was that his trick? It, it is that whole bit, and this conversation goes on and everybody loves to argue it out to the nth, but that's okay. In the original book, there is a piece of business about Jerry lighting a, a cigarette, handing it to her, taking hers, lighting it, keeping it back and forth, lots of hands, lots of cigarettes. Which work, lots of which work. Just ridiculous. In the script, it also has that as a piece of business once. And the day that they were to shoot that, of course, I wasn't born yet. So I'm, I'm getting all of my stories after, after, after. But anyway, apparently, um, they tried it the way it was written back and forth. And, and it was just neither one of them were comfortable, neither my father or Betty were comfortable with it. And Irving Rapper was just going, let's just get through this and so on and so forth. Anyway, by the end of the day, there was, it was unresolved. And my father apparently came home and my mother with her usual, how was the day at the studio? You know, Klatch Mitzosa, as she would say. And uh, that was for you, Bibi, <laughs> or, or B, Claudia in yes, Germany. Yes. Klatch Mitzosa, we heard that a lot as a kid. Anyway, um, she, <laughs> she said, you know, what went wrong? Because you, you're grumpy. You know, you want two sherries instead of one kind of an evening. So, uh he explained to her what was happening, and she just very leisurely, in her typical way of resolving issues, said, well, Paul, why don't you just do what we do? Which was a reference back to their entire courtship, their entire life together, when they both love to drive, they both love cars with stick shifts, They're, my mother loves roadsters and sporty things, and Whoever the driver was, when the driver wanted a cigarette, the navigator, the passenger navigator, would light two cigarettes in his or her mouth and pass it to the driver so that the driver would never have to take the hands off the wheel or off the clutch or whatever have you. And that's where that originally came from. So when he went to the studio the next day and made it as a suggest, took Betty to the side and said, look, why don't we do this? She went, oh, my God, that solves the whole problem. She they took it. it on the set. They showed it to Irving Rapper. He immediately said he didn't like it. Betty immediately <laughs> said, but I do. And yep. there was a discussion, shall we say. And then Betty called Hal Wallace and said, you've got to come and resolve this. And Wallace came and he went, yes, that's great. That's perfect. As a matter of fact, I like it so much. I'm going to have to have Casey Robinson put it in other places in the script. So you'll ultimately find it four or five times, whereas it was originally written just to be there once. And it became a signature. I mean, women so, would literally, literally attack my father in public with cigarettes. Here, light this one. Here. This I can swear to. This I have seen with my own eyes. So I, even to the point where we were out to dinner. I must have been about seven, eight years old. We were out to dinner somewhere very Beverly Hillsy, and a woman came over and literally sat in her, his lap, <laughs> had two cigarettes, and said, "Paul, light me up, light me up." <laughs> Who does that? You know, a, a crazy I man. I promised. Be I promised Betty Davis in our friendship that I would not interview her. I've been interviewing forever. I had a show, TV show, at the record straight. 
And I promised, but I said, I have to ask you another question. She said, what do you want? I said, two cigarette bit. What did you think of it? She said, Ron, I fought for it. I told the heads, every man henceforth is going to light two cigarettes and hand them to their woman. She yeah. said, you've got to be out of your mind if you don't let us do it. Yeah. And that's what she said. She said that, and it's true. Years yeah. I've saw every movie, two cigarettes, Gable even did it, I think, somewhere. So Paul Henry was a, was a, a trendsetter his own way. Um, he wasn't a loud, boisterous man I could see on film, and he never played vulgar. He was always an elegant gentleman. Yeah. And in order not to bore the audience, let's put it this way, those types don't get famous. Your father did. Okay? Huh. Because your father had a, chari a charisma. He had a way of projecting that beautiful accent and the way he moved his mouth. And he, because I study film, you know, I'm an actor myself. I wish I could do Paul Henry, but I would never. I rehearsed from now until I croak. Paul Henry was just a natural born actor, a natural actor. He didn't read lines. You never thought he was anything but the part he played. I'm a great fan of your dad's, and I'm not just saying this because you're on our show. I've had, I've, I've had other people on the show whose parents were famous actors that I couldn't have cared less about. Yeah. I have to he say, was, I he was, go, ahead. go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to, he, he was, he, you know, he was very tall and yes. very well proportioned, tall and slender and the long arms and long legs. And, and there was something very poetic about the way he moved. And I would notice that. If, there goes the earpiece again. I would, I would notice that at home. That, that just, you know, watching him pour himself a cup of coffee and or, or putting his butter on his toast in the morning at breakfast when he was little, uh, you know, messy. Again, that's that's for B. Claudia, very schlumpet. You know, he was he wasn't <laughs> dressed for the day. He was in a robe and he hadn't done his hair and he hadn't shaved yet. But he would sit there at the table and he put his and there was something very graceful and, and uh, uh, poetic about the way he moved all together, all the time. Okay. He was a good athlete. He was a terrific tennis player. He was a terrific swimmer. He was a good horseback rider. And again, there was something about that. And if you combine that with his, as you say, his voice and his charm. Wonderful voice. You, you, wonderful, yes, wonderful voice. It's not I mean, one you ever wanted to hear angry. I don't know that he ever could get angry. Oh, yeah. No, no, I, <laughs> I, said, no, oh, yes, no, no. I saw him playing with Betty Davis. In the film where he was the the cello player and she was yeah. being by Claude Rains. I can't remember the film. Yes, and there is reception. And there's a scene where he's giving it to Betty Davis because she's a tramp and, and she cheated on him and she's having sex with being kept by Claude Rains. And he turns around and he said, your clothes, your jewels, your house. And he yeah. was as angry as a man could get. Yet he still held on to his style and class. He didn't yeah. become mean or vulgar. I, I respected his work tremendously. Yeah. There are yeah. a few well, other actors of the same quality of hate that, yeah. that he, had that sort of uh, way about them. Claude Rains was brilliant. Yes, he was. Yes, I mean, he was. Gen genius, genius, genius. I'm sorry I Absolutely. never met him. I'm sorry well, I never met there's, him. There's a, there's a fascinating contrast right there. The two of them... 
uh, Claude Rains and my father did, I think, five films together. And for the most part, I won't say didn't get along, but they didn't socialize together. They weren't friends at all. I mean, my father came from a very aristocratic, very educated uh, background. And Claude was a wonderful, humble farm boy. I did not boy, but I mean, he didn't, he didn't finish school. He didn't, he had, they came, they were polar opposites. And there was a lot of that, that, that did not mesh. However, their respect for each other as professionals, you know, shines through. Yes. Yeah. But when Claude Rains had that scene with Betty, where he's telling her off and he's threatening her, And also in Fanny's Mr. Skeffington when he was poor Job. I mean, I love Claude Rains. I love everything. I've never missed a performance of his. Another favorite actor. You know, I was born in 1940. So I learned all of this stuff from my mom as I was growing up because she was a movie crazy lady. We came to California before they knocked Valentino's house down go see it because the freeway was going to go through it. So I was 10 years old. My mother said, we're going to LA. I got to see Valentino's house, knocking it down. That's how crazy she was. Now, (laughs) now, personal questions. Jane Russell was my best best friend. In fact, I took her name when I started working. Mm -hmm. Jane and I were like brother and sister. We went everywhere together. We were the most wonderful friends. Jane's children... I don't want to say anything bad about them, but I'm not particularly fond of any of them because they blame Jane for being a movie star, not a mother. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Jane, Jane began drinking, and Jane became an alcoholic, and Jane passed out from alcohol because she became allergic, and she had to be treated and went on the wagon at 80 years wow. old. Yeah, wow. Her children never forgave her because she wasn't, didn't want a Hollywood mother. B. Yeah. Davis, the same thing with her daughter, B.D., and Joan Crawford's yeah. daughter, the same thing with Joan Crawford. Yeah. Do you in any way resent the fact that your father was Paul Henry and not Joe Blow from Kokomo? No. <laughs> I, 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 I could agree I with you. I mean, if, 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 Jane Russell was, you. if Jane Russell was my mother, I would be so proud. I'm proud of my he mother was, anyway. <clears throat> he wasn't a movie star at home. He was. He was my father. He was very hands-on. He was very encouraging. He was, uh, yes, and, and, you know, yes, is your homework done? And are you getting A's? We had a lot of that. However, he really, he genuinely cared. He cared how my day went. He, he cared what I did. And once my mother uh, said, you know, enough with the premieres, enough with the shows, enough with the everything, I became his date. I mean, for heaven's sakes, I started going to premieres when I was about 12 years old and going to parties and going to all sorts of wonderful events with him. And then as I got older and also became an actress and dancer and singer for a while, my young career, uh, he was, again, very supportive, very, very wonderful. I worked with him. I worked with him in Dead Ringer. I, know, I don't know played, if you recognize you played, me anymore. This, played, is, this is Janet. Right. <laughs> I have maid. to tell everybody. Hang on. You played the maid. Yes. Dark hair. Everybody yes. said black hair or dark but hair. That's not, but that's not the only um, opportunity I had of working with him. By then, I had already done theater with him as an actress and as his assistant. I had worked with him on a lot of different levels. 
And he was always very good about even like on times when we were driving home from the studio or from the theater or anything like that. He was very good about keeping the conversation separate. What was work was work. What was theater was theater. What was home was home. He was a home dad. So, I'm sorry? He was a he home was, dad. He was a, he was a home a, person. A dad. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you know Kiki Epson? No, no, I don't believe so. That's Buddy Epson's daughter, Kiki Epson. No, okay. I don't believe I ever met her. Mm -hmm. Well, you should meet Kiki. You have a lot in common. She's a wonderful woman, adores her father, you know, who he was. Well, um, I, I, I knew, I met Epson. him. Yeah, well, Buddy I, I, Epson. Actually, I actually danced with him once. Lucky oh, good you, for you. Because he was quite a dancer. <laughs> anyway, she did a wonderful play all about her dad. I suggest everybody see. And mm -hmm. she also loved him as a dad because he rode horse with her. They, they lived up in the hills where they still do. He was a total father. He was not an actor. He was an yeah. actor when he got on the set. The minute right. he got off the set, he was dad. Yeah, that's and, right. right. And I was fortunate enough to have that also. Good for you. Did, did you know Christina yeah. Crawford? Because I know people can't say whose daughter it is. She probably wouldn't like it. One of Christina Crawford's good friends is a friend of mine. She said Joan Crawford was not as terrible as Christina made her out to be. Did you ever meet Joan? Ever in her house? I, I didn't. If I remember correctly, when I was little, meaning before 10 years old, maybe seven or eight years old, we were in New York for some reason and we had a play date of some sort. And I remember going into this massive foyer and looking down into the living room and everything was sort of covered in plastic and it was very <laughs> sterile. I mean, literally exactly the opposite of Betty's where you could go and lie down on the floor and vomit. <laughs> <and laughs> you know, Betty, Betty's apartment, I mean, really needed to be dusted. To and, yeah, there you got that. But anyway, it was completely the opposite. So I remember feeling very awkward. And of course, there was a nanny with me. And then there was a nanny to walk. We were going to walk across the street to the park. Anyways, I just remember it was awkward. And I don't really remember the day or the encounter very much. I remember meeting Crawford in that foyer and something about the coat, her daughter's coat. I, You know. Yeah. Hard to say. <laughs> Hard now, to you, say. Hang on, hang on. Let me think, talk. Well, I, I got... Jimmy, you're going to have to do a show. It doesn't matter. I, no, I want to talk. You can't. I'm not going to let you. <laughs> no, I, 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 I love and adore, I I I love and adore so we'll this woman. We'll bring her back. We'll bring her back. Oh, so, you, you bet she's so, coming um, back. Oh, so, I love it. I love I it. Wanna, I want to just, just say one more thing. He can have it. I just want to ask you, one wait, Do you know how many people my I'm older than you are. You're younger than I. You know how many people my age are watching us today? We have over 5 million watchers all over the oh, world. Oh, my goodness. That's our viewership. And I would say a great percent of them, because of me, TCM, are watching. And they're eating up everything you're saying. And I know that oh. my email tomorrow is going to be filled with, we love her, we love her, bring her back. Oh, so first good. And too, it would be my pleasure. I want to tell everybody, too, they could to follow you in social media. So your Twitter account is at M-E. And read it's H E N R I E D and it's, it's E I D. Oh, is it really? E I D. I'm sorry, I wrote it down wrong. Okay, E I D. Okay. Uh, yep. so, and then the Instagram is at We Love Paul Henry, and it's H E N R E I D. So I don't mess <laughs> yes. it up. Again. So I want to just also bring up the point because, like, I had never seen any classic movies until I met Ron. I have a thing 
you know, for older, a little bit older than me, distinguished gentlemen. And, and, um, <laughs> I'm 24 years as senior. Uh, you know, like Ron is incredibly gorgeous. And, and, yeah. that's, and, and a lot of times I pick the movies out that I like based on uh -huh. the leading men and how good looking they are. And I have to say that I think Paul Henry, Paul Douglas and Cary Grant are my three favorite like ever, like I would like, to, I think they're like the most handsome, distinguished, classic, beautiful like men ever. And so, uh, and that's why you're so, you I mean, you got the genes. Yeah, you, you, have, you, have that, you have your dad's style, like I could that's, see that. That's a very nice list to be on. Thank you, Jimmy. I appreciate that very much. my absolute favorites. Just on an aside, have you seen, just on an aside, have you seen the Spanish Maine? Um, no, I haven't, but I read about it today. Yeah, but it was not my favorite. I got to tell you. I'm sorry uh, your father did it. You ha I hated that. Film. I mean, uh, Jimmy was talking about good-looking men now, Ron. Keep your yes. trick niggers on. This is just saying that if you want to see my father gorgeous. in action, gorgeous, in living yes. color, yes. watch the Spanish Main. You can ignore okay. the movie. Just look the at movie him. Was, I don't okay. know. You know what? I have, I think... <laughs> have no idea why Paul Henry was cast in that movie. Uh, he Visually beautiful because he plays a pirate and his hair is wild. It was his wild. movie. He, it was he, his movie. I, if I met him, I would have told him, mistake, Paul. <laughs> it, it wasn't. It was the biggest box office that RKO had that year. Go away. It was huge. And still to this day, people love it. And I'm, I'm not arguing with you. Right I never, I never, no, I never really liked swashbuckling. I never He's liked, not really a pirate kind no, of No, and I guy. never liked Fairbanks. <laughs> and, you know, I can understand and, that. And Maureen, Maureen O'Hara, my mother looked like Maureen O'Hara, by the way. Uh, she oh, could my. Have, they could have been sisters, except my mother was a blonde by bottle, and O'Hara was a oh, red. by bottle. <laughs> but, but my mother, as a young woman, was dark, so was Maureen. And uh -huh. I... My mother was in Macy's one time, and she was mistaken for Maureen O'Hara by somebody really? that they were doing something with a publicity stunt, and uh, they put her in a movie, and the movie was a uh, Christmas movie. Uh, Miracle on 34th Yeah. Of course, Maureen O'Hara was in that film, and they shot it in Macy's. So everybody heard Maureen O'Hara is in Macy's, they thought my mother was Maureen O'Hara. Oh, one more bragging thing. Besides anyway, all the wonderful let me, things. Let me just get back to no, that hang film. On, hang on, hang on. That film. I'm going to watch it, was, by the way. Well, it was not it was not the Paul Henry I like. That's because you like distinguished. I like Paul Henry when he's that wonderful, uh, authoritative kind of. Gorgeous. I can't do that. You know, God. they always yeah. post. Every movie I play, I play a mafia, a priest, a gangster, a detective. <laughs> Really, and I've got six more movies coming up. And guess what? I'm playing detectives and mafia. Mafia, yeah. Well, one of, that, one of them I'm playing a, a Bronx school teacher who's Italian tough, fighting with the kids. Anyway, I would love to be Paul Henry in one movie. I, I, I love to <laughs> there and have that class and say that wonderful dialogue the way he said that dialogue, and everybody oh, just so stood there looking at him, saying, "Ah, oh, this guy is good." <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's, go ahead. Go ahead. It's wonderful. It's wonderful that you say that because my father, for himself and for his career and his acting chops, he never saw himself as the pretty boy leading man, whatever, whatever, whatever. He was always interested in being the character actor. So he cre he created the Spanish Main. He created Hollow Triumph so he could play bad guys. He wanted that stretch 
of his abilities because he, I mean, he went to drama school. He went to theater school. He has a degree that says, I have the right to be an actor on the European stage. So it was very important for him to be able to do a little bit of everything. He sang and danced in The Merry Widow in, on stage. You know, I mean, he could do all of those things and he wanted to use all of those things. So, and, and again, we all get to pick and choose the movies we like best and the yes. movies we don't like at all. Yes. That's, yeah, that's, there, are some, there are some Joan Crawford, some Joan Crawford films I can't sit through and there are other Joan Crawford films I could see over and over again. Right. Because, because right. the character she plays is vicious and, and wonderful. Uh, right. Uh, Mildred Pierce, of course, is her classic Academy Award-winning performance. I understand that Betty Davis wanted Mildred Pierce and didn't get it. I wonder what would have happened if Betty played Mildred Pierce. I wonder. I, I never asked yeah. Betty that because there were certain places you didn't go with Betty Davis, as you know. Yeah. Because she, she'd, spin, <laughs> she'd spin around and walk away from you. She didn't even bother answering. She'd just give you a look and spin and leave. Wait, now yeah. I have we're to watch, a, though. Smoke. I'm going to watch Dead Ringer now again. Because oh. now, that I know, now that I know that you're the maid. Uh, oh, yeah. it's, it's a brilliant performance. I mean, you know, what can I say? <laughs> she's in the, she's in the, Betty Davis is in the bed. And she's in the in the bedroom picking up Betty's clothes. And that's a, a couple of lines and walks out. I always knew that, that that was you. I didn't know who you were, but I knew that. Yeah, that luckily, was I'm in more of it than that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the scene that I remember the most. Yeah. And then I think mm -hmm. the dog, something when she comes in, you greet her. You're in quite a few scenes. Yeah. But that was fun. How did it feel for having that director? Oh, it was great. As I, by then, I had worked with him a number of times as an actress and as an assistant director. So I, I knew, I knew what was coming. <laughs> How did he and Betty get along on that set? Fabulous. They were co-conspirators again. Again. You know, she, she, was, you know, so many people in Hollywood didn't like her. They worked with her. Well, um, directors, directors, because Betty Davis would tell a director, I'm an actress, I know what I'm doing, you're a director, and you don't. Well, one of the yeah. terrifying things for directors and producers and the co-stars when working with Betty was that she actually showed up prepared. Yes, yes. She, she actually she'd read the script. She knew her line. She knew her marks. She knew what she was going to do. She had ideas. She brought ideas. She was she took what she did as a craft. Very, very seriously. Serious. She was passionate and, about her work. Absolutely. And my very father passionate. was the same way, which is one of the reasons why they got along so well. Yes. Is because they they both had that professionalism about them. And then. I, I don't know. I think, you know, if if Betty has something to say, it might be a good idea to listen because she comes with tremendous, not just the passion, but with tremendous experience. Yes. You know, and watching, again, watching my father and Betty and Ernie Haller work out the, the choreography of the different scenes, especially because she's playing opposite herself, which she, of course, can't do. So you've got a body double. But then there's you can't cross lines. You there are physical boundaries that you can talk through and not talk. Like I couldn't do this. No, but they, you know, they, they did. If I'm crossing that line, they can't. They can't make the edit. So to watch the three of them work together to to put together the choreography of how she dealt with scenes where she's playing or the scene where she kills her the, her sister. Right. You know. Don't forget, don't forget, she did stolen life. Where yes, she played two course. characters, so she was well well experienced at the exactly. split. They cut, 
cut the film down the middle and that's how they uh, make the characters. And then they joined the two actors together. And Betty knew that also. She knew everything about film. She knew that's her dialogue. Exactly. She, she knew her, she exactly. also knew, she didn't only learn her lines, she learned the actor working with him, with A her lines. Absolutely. Everybody's absolutely. Just an incredible, incredible broad. We should also, for, for younger people, uh, brag a little bit because we watch me TV a lot. I don't know if you watch me TV, but me TV has all kinds of uh great shows on it. And uh, your father directed nine episodes. Now, I got this on IMDb, so if it's wrong, you know, don't shoot me. But yeah, I got I read that he directed nine episodes of The Big Valley, which when I was a kid was a huge show, The Big Valley, right. one of my right. favorite shows, and 28 episodes of Alfred Hitchcock Presents, which is on every night at one o'clock in the morning, right? I've seen oh, it, oh, I've seen the rerun with. Directed by Paul Hunter. Yeah, so like, yeah. and he also, I also yeah. said on, on there that he has two stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, one for film work and one for television work. So he's actually yeah. got two of them, which is a, yeah. another like really cool. Nobody thing. else does, I don't. Yeah, I don't know too many people who have two of them. So kudos to that. It must have yeah. been such a cool. And I think it's so cool that you're continuing his legacy. You have a book I know that you're working on uh, uh, about his career and his life and maybe you're 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 living with him as his father i'm not sure exactly what it's about but when it comes on we'll definitely bring you back you come back and we'll help you sell it thank you and, <laughs> and, and, and a documentary ask, oh not, there you not go just a book, but a documentary perfect i, I want to ask you a question you do okay not, you do not have to answer it if it's okay too, it's too painful <laughs> at the very end how was paul the end of his life. Was the he end suffered? of his life. Was he? Did um, he peacefully? Yeah. Yes, he did. He okay. did. Okay. Um, but leading up to that, his disappointments and his frustrations um, got to him. He was. He was not happy a happy man, man. and he no. was not feeling that he had fulfilled everything that yeah. he had wanted to fulfill. He'd, you know, he had been blacklisted three times in three I different countries that. for three different know. reasons. He I had know. survived that. He had lost his acting career because of the house on the the gray that listing or backlash of the yes, house that, on America. That nonsense. That's stupid. He went well, but he had lost his career as an actor, so to speak, because of that, which is how he got into directing and writing and producing, and. There were things he wanted to do, and a lot of Hollywood didn't want to take him seriously, so he couldn't get the financing to do special projects that he wanted to do, lots of translations from classic European German um, literature and so on and so forth. So by the, by the time, and he was 84 when he passed, so he, did, he, he had a rich and a very full life, but he was still, you know, the, the irrepressible artist, the irrepressible poet and presenter and artist that he had been his whole life. He didn't want to stop. He never wanted to stop. He never wanted to retire to the point where he was put on a shelf and that was the end of it. Ideas going, he always had things he wanted to do and work on. And I think just at the end, he was just, he was just frustrated, but he did I, pass I can, peacefully. I can, oh, I can understand his frustration. Yeah. I remember film studio, Actors scripts differently than it is done today. I, I went on it. I went back to work on a film a couple of years ago, and I said, "Where's the camera?" 
don't see a camera. And they said, oh, he's got it. It's up there. It's yeah. up where? Where's my, where's, my, where's my marks? Oh, we don't use marks. We just told you where to go. And I thought, this is so stupid and so unprofessional. And yeah. close-ups and everything they did was terrible. That came yeah. from a time where film was serious stuff. And I think your father felt that same frustration. Absolutely. Things that he, the things that he wanted to do late in life, he should have done early in life when it was wanted and accepted. I think your father got like me, stale. Just get stale. Because we're not a part of today. I am definitely, oh, as I said, yeah. I've got six movies to do. I'm not a part of those films. I go there and I don't even know I'm working. Yeah. I have no idea I'm in a film. Can you imagine not knowing it's you're changed. in a film? It's changed a lot. Tremendously. It shows yeah. on screen. It, it shows has. on, there are no more Casablancas. No. no. But there that's are no good. more we now. We only need one. <laughs> that's right. I know, but I, I miss, I miss my youth. And what my youth was all about so much, yeah. where people had manners, hello, please, may oh, I yes. thank you. Oh, yes. In this world at peace where people weren't angry and saying dreadful things about one another. When could politics... Not yeah, could politics, not agree with you more, yeah. When, when a president was never abused or treated less than a human. Uh, we yeah. wouldn't do that in my day. We had respect yeah. for everyone. Whether we liked you or not, we respected you. Kept our mouths shut. And I hope they never remake any of these films. Well, I understand. I that. read that. I read that. I think that I read now Voyager. They're, they're talking about remaking yeah. it. Well, they, they should only like forget about it because it's going to be a joke. If they're going to well, make it. It's modern, just going to. It's just going to be a completely different film. You know? it, it's not going it, to be that film. No, you'll see your father and Betty Davis's parts. The two of them are in bed having sex, smoking a cigarette or pot, maybe marijuana. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and when she says, and Jerry, let's not ask for the moon, we have the stars, she's probably going to say, and Jerry, let's ask for some LSD, because I want to see stars. <laughs> well, again, it's it's not going to be... No, that movie! <laughs> they don't have... Be, Casablanca. It's not. I mean, those. There are films that, even though they remake them, can't be remake, and they they just those those precious classics will always be just that, and they'll always be held out as that. It doesn't yes. matter how many times they. I mean, they had a television series named Casablanca. They tried to make it, you know, last uh, yeah. on television, episodically. Right. I mean, what about Gone with it the didn't wind? work, but they Gone did it. The wanted to do Gone with the Wind too, and they did it and it was the biggest flop in the world. Yeah. They made yeah. the remake of Gone with the Wind. I mean, just leave it alone. Yeah. Would be nice, but now they're remaking musicals and they're I mean we apparently have you know run out of material. So they're going they're going back to the good stuff and bringing it into the current vernacular, the current culture, the current whatever have you, and it'll create its own audience. But we, the true classics will always be just Darn it. Just that. We don't, we, we, don't, we don't have writers. When I interviewed Arlene Dahl, Arlene Dahl said to me in the interview, we don't have writers anymore like we had years ago. Most of the old-time good writers have lost their homes and all their money because yes. nobody wants their work. And their work is the classic work. Um, so now they're going back to the classic writings of the 40, the production stink. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. I just don't That's get just, it. It's just different. <laughs> That's all. So, so everybody, not, not a nice difference. So everybody, listen up. 
Please follow Is Monica. She going? Yes. Oh, please follow Monica. Monica. Please follow Monica on Twitter and Instagram, you guys. It's at M E H E N R E I D. Uh, Monica Henried. And uh, uh, that's Twitter. Instagram is We Love Paul Henried. Again, it's uh, We Love Paul H E N R E I D. Follow her. I on think both. he pronounced it Henry, didn't he? It's no, it's Henried. It's he's he's doing fine. He's doing just fine. But Jimmy, may I interrupt and say one more thing? Absolutely. If they want to know more about the documentary and about the book, then there is a Facebook page, which is Paul Henry Beyond Victor Laszlo. And I write stories almost every day. Every time TCM shows one of his films, I fill it up with backstories and so on and so forth. So there's a lot of material out there if they're genuinely interested in my father's work. I'd be, and I'm more than happy to answer the questions that come with the comments. So. We have a lot of fun on social media. Monica, whenever you do those posts, please send them to my page. Oh, I'd be delighted. Because I want my fan, you know, I've got so many elderly people that read my stuff, and they would be thrilled to see your documentary and read your book. So I'm a good good outlet. So please send them. I love your Instagram post where you post all the clips of the movies and stuff. I think that's fabulous uh, how you do that. Yeah, and we can. We can do longer, longer clips on Facebook too. So there's, yes, I love there's it. Clips and photographs, and I've got the nice thing about doing this documentary for my father is that he was his own best historian. I have got hours and hours and hours of home movies of him around the pool playing. Ten- I have him cleaning the pool. I mean, he was such <laughs> a neat guy. He really was. He was wonderful, and. Again, I have that. I have letters, love letters between my parents. They were together for 60 years. You know, that's, oh, that's you a, know. Good, a good run for Hollywood. Gary, don't, don't you have a sister, Bella? I'm sorry? You have a sister no. named Bella. I No, I do not. I do have a sister, though. What who is, is She's not interested in show business whatsoever. She was a nationally ranked tennis player as a, as a young person. She did really, really well athletically. Oh. I'm just not able to keep this little guy... I was too. I was. A, I was. A, I was a nationally ranked tennis player too. That's okay. We're gonna. We're gonna let you go now, anyway. But I want to thank you for coming on the show. Number one. Number two. We're Facebook friends, and when you have stuff to promote, let us know. Everybody loves you, and we'll bring you back. So thank you so much, Monica. Monica, you 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 were absolutely a joy in my day. I so enjoy you. You're beautiful, you're sophisticated, and you could see that you're chip off the old block. <laughs> Thank you. Take care. Stay safe. Bye-bye, Monica. Stay safe. Stay happy. Stay well. Bye-bye. I know, honey. Bye-bye. All what right, a everybody. nice What a girl. wonderful, fabulous uh, what guest. A, what an hour. And our next uh, guest is already in the chat room, and we're going to bring her right on in and just follow it up. So this should be I'm fun. Hey! Another star. Look at this one. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Monica is a class act, and I should leave right now. Oh, oh, not at sure. all. But do, do you know who her father was, Paul Henry? Yeah, I mean, her story is... Wonderful actor. Wonderful. She's stunning. She's yes. Wonderful. Like, oh. I can't even with her. She's so classy. I'm like, how do I... <clears throat> yeah, so her, father, her father was a big class. You're so, you've seen Casablanca, right? Yeah, come on. He's actually one of the young young actresses now who knows a lot about old Hollywood. My mother's an actress. Yes, that's fabulous. She's from a what whole entertainment, an entertainment Your mom doesn't act anymore, but you she would. Okay, wait, hold on. Did you guys get your shots? Are you in your second shot? This is the most important thing to me, right? I got, I got my his. second I shot three days ago, and I feel great. 
No, we're after. You feel okay, good. I was like, worried. We have to do an intro. Hold on, everybody. So now, everybody, we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, the incredibly talented and gorgeous Augie Duke. Hello, and welcome to the show. Yay! <laughs> what an it took intro. Us forever. It took us forever to get you here, and I'm so excited. And I'm going to tell a story after we oh, have wait, you say hi to everybody. Me. I know. I'm getting ready to. So so this is our cool, outrageous man about town co-host, Mr. Ron Russell. Who loves Augie Duke so much. She's a good friend of mine, folks. She's not a stranger to me. I can't wait to go to her wedding. <laughs> when is he okay, going to so ask? That's five when is, when is he going to pop the question? When is he going to pop the question? Okay. That's like five million people that he's like just telling that to. <laughs> anyone, is, anyone, is anyone popping the question during a pandemic? I think we all want to murder each other right now. Yes, that's, that we're, well, you know, when Sadie Katz and Miles get married, maybe your guy got, will get like a little jealous and say let's get married too. Oh, they like your cheekbones Augie they're saying she's great beautiful she's a good actress <laughs> I work with Augie in a film we're gonna talk about that in a minute. okay hang on so first of all we have a chat room full of people lots and lots of people in the chat room several countries are uh, in the chat room so number one say hi to everybody in the chat room oh thank you guys that's so, so awesome hi everybody and then we have that's Don. we have Don Hinton in the chat room who's a big fan and she always watches the movies of every guest. So say hi to Dawn specifically. Love, love Dawn. Hi there Dawn. There you go. I feel like Dawn and I are like besties now. We talk more than I talk to my friends. I love her. Tell her I love she's her. She's fabulous. So she's like digging <laughs> it. So she's all happy now. And so I have a little story to tell. Um, okay, so okay. You know, you know, for, we've had this show for like 13 years. Ron's been on it for almost 10. Um, we interview all kinds of famous people, so I don't usually get flustered at all when I like meet people who've like been in things that I like or anything. So when I knew that you were going to be in Clown Fear and that Ron was oh, in that movie, I, I only wanted to go to the movie set so I could meet Augie Duke. I was so excited, and I was like, if she's a bitch, it's going to totally like wreck everything for me. And you were so nice, and I was so excited. And I don't even get excited because like I know like so many people, but. I love Bad Kids Go to Hell so much. It was like such a great freaking like movie. I know it's like not, you know, not this huge big budget thing, but you were so terrific in it. I loved it to death. I've seen it like 50 times. Um, Hell I was, yeah. I, I, I was so excited to like actually get to like meet you and like immediately you sat on my lap and we took a picture and I was like, oh my God, she's so wonderful. I'm so excited. You know, here I am with Augie Duke. And so I have to tell you, like you, I, I've met people that might be like a little bit well better known that didn't affect me at all. But meeting you was like really like one of my favorite, favorite people I've met since we've lived in California, really. Shut and up. I, met, I met Augie as a fellow worker and I have a hearing okay. problem. Yeah. I don't hear too well. I was a minister marrying Sadie Katz to in Clown Clever, Fear. In Clown Fear. And Augie was a bridesmaid. And the broad down at the end of the wedding line was saying something. I couldn't hear her. And the cameras are rolling, and I'm not saying anything because I'm waiting for my cue line. And I don't hear it. So they got frustrated with me. And Augie was so sweet. She helped me out because she's a generous actor. And she said to the broad down at the end, listen, Ron can't hear you. Do something, hold something up this way. When he sees that, he knows to deliver his line. And she, and then after she said that, she went and laid down on a table. <laughs> you did. 
<laughs> to take a little nap. And I just thought she was so kind and so generous because that film was a disaster to begin with. For me, for me it was hell because... Um, for you, wait, for just for just you, it was hell? <laughs> I, 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 I speak for myself. I know Sadie and I, Augie, we were in the dressing room. We were in whose trailer? Your trailer? Trailer with all the I don't know. We, me and combined our trailers. We're like, let's share a trailer. Yeah. And I was in a trailer with the sexiest women in film today. Oogie Duke, Sadie Katz, and, and a couple of other ones. Well, these James decided to discuss all the men that they fell in love with, had sex with, what their, how big their penises were or small, how lousy they were. Which we're not going to tell you who any of those people minute. are. And I got <laughs> such an education in that trailer. And I said, if this was a reality show, we would win an award for sure. But we had more fun in that. Remember the laughs we had in that trailer? <laughs> I mean, we had a good yeah, time. Yeah, that, that should have been, been the movie. Just us in yes. the trailer oh, talking yeah, about, was, obviously, that was, that, obviously that the size it. of penises. I can't even remember. Yes. No, Sadie Katz. Oh my God. Can I, where's she? No, Sadie. It's a size I'm gonna go on her. I'm gonna go on her uh, podcast after this. By the way, her new podcast. Okay, hey. How's she doing? She's doing good. Yeah, I, I want to see Sadie maybe on Sunday because now Sadie's going to co-produce with me uh, the film that I wrote called the, the, Gift, the Gift of Magic, and she's in it also. So that's fantastic. We're gonna talk about it. So let's go back. I want to go back to Augie. Okay, so let's go back to Augie. So first of all. How long have you actually been acting and did you get into acting because your family is basically like an entertainment family? Yeah, I guess it was in the genes, right? It was in the blood. I, you know, I just was a weird child and I talked to myself a lot and had make believe in my room. I was a very weird person. I still am really. My dog is also running around like a psychopath being like, mom, I need water. Mom, I need a food. <laughs> You should see her right now. It's insane. I'm like, Pip, I'm going to. Anyway, so yeah. And then I just realized, okay, I think I want to make believe and AK act. So, and my mom was an actress at the time. So it was, uh, yeah. So I've been doing it for like 20 years. But your mom is gorgeous. I looked up, I see it once in a while you post pictures and stuff. Like I can see where the beauty comes from because you have a beautiful family. Thank you know, you. I'm, I'm getting used to the red hair. I love the red I hair. Hate it. When she did it red, I hated it. I went crazy. Oh, I love it. So I told her, I hate your red hair. I, I kind of like it now because I'm, I'm not used to I liked you blonde. I thought blonde, you look like American pie. But I, thought I, looked, I kind of thought I looked like a psychopath, heroin addict, washed out blonde. But thank you. No, no. It's a blonde you look like. I like it. It's a blonde you were, the girl, you were the girl next door. It's a red uh-oh, hang on. Give what her one second. I'm giving, I'm giving water to my dog so she could just just be quiet for one second. <laughs> we have the same problem. Or... We have the same problem with our dog, too, so it's funny. Everybody thinks she's beautiful in red, though, the chat room. And I got lots of... Yeah, uh, but I, I knew her as a blonde. Yeah, you knew her as a blonde. And then when she... I don't even remember her. She was very blonde. very pretty as a blonde. She had, a, like, the girl next door. She looked very American pie. The redhead, she looks like Baya down below. 
The redhead is fire down below. I love it. And actually, I when, like, I put the I picture, like it. No. when I put the picture up, of the, the promo picture for the show, all kinds of people were like, oh, my God, look at the beautiful hair. She's so gorgeous and all this she stuff. She is so, beautiful. So people like love it. So you're waiting. And up. you know something, folks? She's very beautiful in person because she has a very beautiful smile. Camera doesn't really get that smile as, as much as you get it person and and augie's one of my favorite people she's very kind to me she treats me well she respects me she doesn't treat me like an old man like a grandfather she treats me like one of her buddies and that's why i love her and i do love you little stinker I love you know, we, never, we never see enough I, last time i saw you was at sadie's birthday yeah it's been that birthday party. Just a week I, was, I had my knee operation yeah and i was super paranoid Obviously, yes. for good. Yes. And I had my and I told everyone to fuck off. I'm like, get away, get away, get away, get away, get away. Mary, you didn't, didn't say that. <laughs> she did. We had masks on though when we were most a lot of that night. Not the whole yeah. night, but we had masks on. Okay, so here's I want to like go because I, I I like um uh I I know a lot about all the different things that you've <laughs> been in. Ron never looks at stuff anyway, but one thing that I find very cool about you and your career because um, you are in a lot of horror movies. You have not been pigeonholed as a horror actress because you do so many other movies that give you much more. Jimmy, please, you pronounce it horror, not horror. Say horror. How do you say it? I horror. Make it kind I, of. I know. I say horror. Horror. I'm just but it sounds. Like, <laughs> it sounds like horror movies, like a whore. No. A horror prostitute. That's what it say. Horror. Horror. It's, it's not horror. It's pronounced. If you listen, New York. Language started before anywhere else in the country. So when we say horror, it's a horror film, not a horror. Horror, 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 horror film is an explanation. Horror. Okay. So you you didn't obviously you've done that on purpose. I mean to have a a, a more longevity in a career because you know you can't be like a sixty year old hot scream queen doesn't really work all that well. You know once you get older and your acting chops. Because I saw you in. TV show, I don't even remember the name of it, but the TV show where you played Joan Jett, and I fucking loved it. Excuse me, Jimmy. Uh-huh. I saw one of the films that you were in years ago. Uh-huh. You were a very old scream queen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, well, Holly Oaks or something, right? Why don't you play Joan Jett in a TV series on Netflix or something called Holly Oaks? Red, it's called, there, I think there is a Yeah, Red Oaks, Red Oaks. But there Red is Oaks. a show okay. called Holly Oaks. A British show, yeah, Red Oaks. Yeah, it's, it's funny it because... Was, yeah. It was fun. Well, go ahead, say something. Tell us a little bit about it. No, I was thinking you get sort of pigeonholed when you do, uh, I guess, like, I actually haven't done that many horror films, but for some reason, you do a horror film, and then all of a sudden people are like, Scream Queen. I'm like, no, really? <laughs> you were not a Scream Queen. I worked with you. You're very natural. But when you no, do- I'm not. Think, no, yeah, I mean, you're not a Scream Queen. Scream queens, they have big tits, and they don't know how to act. They read lines. <laughs> but you, you know, I mean, really, they all have their tits hanging out in their panties and they're screaming. That's supposed to be acting. Uh, you don't do that. When you talk, when you deliver a line, it's acting. You're an actress. You're not a scream queen. Well, scream queen is Jimmy's a screaming queen. Yeah, I'm a screaming queen. <laughs> Jimmy's, yeah, Jimmy's the scream queen here. We'll take, he's going to take that with it. Actually, you have you have some because I went. I, so I went through your IMDb to write down some of the movies. I haven't seen all of them, but I wrote some of them down because um, basically, like you've worked with like thirty people that have been on our show. Um, I'm sure in, yeah. in different films, a lot of fun ones. Um, 
Uh, and I want to know, is Bloodcraft any good? I know that's a James Cullen Bresek. He's a friend of ours, and he actually uh, wrote in. Sean, he and I wrote in a book that became a New York Times bestseller for Sean Cannon. Um, I love the poster for it. And we had Michael Welch and Dave uh, Sheridan on it. Love Dave Sheridan. One of my favorite people. He's coming on next week. Him and Felissa are coming on next yeah. week. Dave is one of yes. my favorite favorite people. I love him. He's a really good guy. He's such oh, a he's, sweeter. And he, he, he's so good. He's, he stuck up for me on a film when I was being brutalized by the director. And he stuck up for me, and I was so grateful. What's up with this? Why is it, like, I hear this more and more. It was terrible. This, this was terrible. I'm like, can we stop that? Can we all just be nice to each other, for fuck's sake? Yes. Well, you know, a lot of the people in the business today are not professional. They went in it yesterday. Yeah. I'm in the business 64 years. I remember a time when the treatment of an actor was a lot different than the treatment of an actor today. Okay. There was a time when the actor could say to the director, let's discuss this scene. Maybe we could fine tune it better because I'm not quite comfortable with what we have to do. I suggest to you what we should do. If you like it, we use it. If not, we don't. You can't yeah. do that today. The director tells you, go fuck yourself or you're off the film. They make fun of you. Yeah. People today have lost respect for older people. Everybody, too. No, though. no, no. Elderly people. I mean, I was dry. I drive an Audi TT Roadster lemon yellow convertible. Okay. I was driving down the street one day and somebody didn't like the way I was driving. And he said, Hey, you old fuck. Get yourself a Ford. <laughs> you know? Hey, that's a great line, though. Hey, you old <laughs> fuck. Get a, get, a, get a Ford. Because I wasn't driving my car a million miles an hour because it's. Yeah. That's when you, did you call him a schmuck at least? Are you like? No, I at the traffic light open. My door got out, and I said, "Listen, you motherfucker, I'm going to tear oh, your you lungs and shove, <laughs> I'm going to shove your lungs right up your ass, you stupid fucking idiot. You want to play with me?" And the guy took off. He went right through the light. He sped. He thought I was crazy. Well, you know, it's because I'm 80 doesn't mean I can't beat the shit out of. Are you 80 now? Yeah, I'll be 81. He's almost 80. 81. Yeah, well, oh my God, what's the secret? Tell me. A lot of sex. <laughs> you see a lot of sex? Yeah, of course I do. What do you think? I don't have sex. I just yeah, because I you're 80 doesn't mean you dry up. You get you get weirder. When you're 80, you get more perverted than when you're 20. I know. <laughs> meanwhile, I know. I meanwhile I are you still with the same guy? Yeah, Michael. Mm -hmm. I know. I don't want to mention his name because he gets paranoid. <laughs> well, Michael runs. Michael sees me coming. He smiles and runs away. He suddenly has to go to the men's room or the bar. You know, he has to get a drink because the first thing I say out of my mouth is, "Hi, when is the wedding?" <laughs> and he runs away. <laughs> He's a sweet guy, but I think we should. I know, him. and me and Sadie both. <laughs> I think we got to get rid of Michael. No! Get, one, get, one, get one that's going to marry you. How long are you with Michael? How oh many years? We've been together five years. Five years. Oh, see, it's only five. You what do you mean only five? That's I, not that I went out with Jimmy three months, and I said, I'm no Backstreet guy. Go with somebody. Leave him and marry that's me. That's different, though, because I was with somebody. They're, and they're Jimmy, not with other people. And Jimmy, Jimmy, left. <laughs> Jimmy was with this guy 24 years. He, wow. dumped that, he dumped that guy for me in a flash in a minute. I'm quality shit. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
that's incredible. You know, life happens when you fall in love. Yes. You fall in love. You know. I said to Jimmy, marriage tomorrow or goodbye, Jack. He said, I'll marry you. I'll marry you. I said, okay. So I, want to, I want you to marry us, though, if we do get married. Just like Sadie wants you to marry them, too. I'm like, I want you yeah, want wants me to be a, become a minister. I said, what do you want to do, You can do that. I played it's a minister. Hard. It's not hard to do, though. It's not hard to do. You've played enough, you've played enough ministers in yeah, movies. Yeah, you know how to do it. Now, you guys, everybody should see Clown Fear, you guys, and get it so you can see Augie and Ron and Sadie and everybody who's in it because it's got a, a great cast. Well Actually, it. I must tell you, the, end of, the, end the result wasn't the be, that bad. No, the beginning of the movie could have been good. It was interesting. Our scenes, to, the wedding scene, I liked a lot because it, 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 it. Oh, okay. Nobody, no rehearsals today, folks. So you don't know what's going on. Sadie's marrying this guy, and I'm the minister, and I'm giving them their vows. And suddenly, the groom to be said, "You're a fucking whore. I'm not going to marry you." <laughs> and I jumped. I went, "Oh!" I got scared. <laughs> and the sound came out. They said, Ron, you can't react. You can't. I said, but I didn't know what he was going to do. He really scared me. And he called her a fucking whore. Don says she's seen it four times. Yeah. I mean, I love Sadie. Sadie's like my daughter. Nobody's going to call her a fucking whore. But anyway, <laughs> you know, so Sadie was hysterical laughing. And anyway, um, beginning of the film was good. It had a good beginning. I liked the idea that he misunderstood the panty thing about the night before, and no, and suddenly it went porno. All the broads are naked the horn. <laughs> for seven hours. All you see is tits floating in the water, and some perverted-looking actor sitting there gawking at these broads like a curve. And I said, "Oh, this film has gone down to shitsville." It started off with a with a story. It was good, and, and you were good. Everybody was good. You look so good on film. You really do. But she looks better in person. I think. Oh, oh, I really mean everybody that. Look, everybody looks better. You. No, that, that's that's awesome. I love hearing that. I thank. Oh, you. only because in, on film you're in two dimension. In person you're in three dimension. And when I see I, when I see your smiles and those little dimples and when your face, it doesn't show that in film. Well, I place crazy characters that are super intense usually or I'm, you know, oh, but the angry. Film, film washes out your features. Look how nice I look on film. You should see me in person. Well, you will. You do. In person, I look like an old troll. But on film, right, look, look how nice. No, no. Look, look at 50. you. Look at you. 50, 50 look at on you. film. 50 on <laughs> film. You do. You don't fucking do. 150 in person. So wait, I'm going to do some bragging for you. So here's some of the people you guys that Augie's had a chance to work Everybody. with. And some of the movies that you guys should see. Um, uh, so she did a movie called Money Shot. And uh, I only wrote down Jason Mewes, Josh Hammond, and Al Snow because they've all been on the show. Um, so I brought that up. Uh, Awaken, and this one has a great cast. Jason London, who's been on the show. Robert Dobby's been on the show. David Keith, Michael Copon, Vinnie Jones, Daryl Hannah, Krista Campbell's been on the show. Edward Furlong, wow. Michael Perret, who you know. Michael Perret. <laughs> I, I want to see him. I haven't, I haven't seen him in 40 years. And she's, got the black, guys, she's got the black room with uh, Alex Reinhardt and, and Robert Donovan, and they were both in uh, Art of the Dead, which is one of the better indie films that we've seen. Natasha Hensridge, Lynn Shea's been on the show. Tiffany Shepherds has been on the show. Hell's Kitty, that has like an amazing cast. We actually originally heard from about that movie when Victoria Damari was on the show. Right. 
Adrian Barbeau's been on the show. Michael Berryman's been on the show. Alyssa Downing's been on the show. Bill Obers Jr.'s been on the show. Doug Jones has been on the show. Kelly Maroney's been on the show. Barbara Nedzogokova's been on the show. And then it also had Courtney Gaines, Lee Merriweather, and Chanel Ryan. I mean, that's like an all-star cast. Well, also, everyone's been on the show. <laughs> I know. Well, I, I specifically did that, though, because I like to be able to tie it together. Well, wait, you have Sadie's name out. Sadie's not in Hell's Kitty. No, Sadie's – she's worked with Sadie. I know. I, oh, I, I, haven't, I haven't gotten to that well, She yet. worked with Sadie and that piece of shit to go. And then you got um, Acceleration with Al Sapienza, who we just had on the show uh, not too long ago. Chuck Liddell, Sean nice. Patrick Flannery, Kenny Trejo, Dolph Lundgren, which Dolph Lundgren has gotten really handsome as an old guy. Yeah, he has. He's really handsome. We have Clown Fear, you guys, with uh, – Andy Wayne and Alyssa Dowling and Sadie and Sarah French and Gianni Capaldi and Rufus Dorsey. And Ron Russell. And Augie Duke and Ron Russell. Yay. Yay. And then you have a TV series that looked amazing called Gravity from back in the – it's early when you were a little bit younger than you are now. And it's it, – the, the premise of it is like it's like a suicide survivors group or something, right? Yeah, a botched suicide. Yeah, it's like one suicide it doesn't looked, work out. Okay, okay. Hang on, hang on, wait. And it had a great cast, you guys. Kristen Ritter, who's a huge, Bing Rames, Ivan Sergey, uh, and Rachel Hunter, which is Rod Stewart's wife. Um, it looks really yeah. good. Like, you have such a cool, diverse, diverse, uh, diverse portfolio of things that, that I think that everybody should be like Googling your IMDb and watching everything she's in, you guys. Now go ahead and you can speak. What happened to that film titled Rose, Something Rose? Killer Rose. She's not in Killer Rose. She was in Killer Rose. Were you in Killer Rose? Yeah. No, what's no, Killer, Rose? Killer Rose? You weren't in Killer Rose? No, that's Dave Sheridan was in Killer Rose, and Felissa Rose is in Killer Rose. Yeah, I know that, but I thought... No, we didn't meet her there. You were on the set. So I think you no, were... No, we, we didn't meet her at Clown Fear. I met you at Clown Fear? Yeah, that's Rose the first there. time we ever met her. Are you kidding me? We had never met I, you before. I met Fear. you on Clown Fear for the first time, and an hour later we were tongue kissing? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Not really. It that? was a joke, folks. Two. No, me too here. <laughs> for two years. I feel like I know you forever. I don't feel like yeah, it's two years. Where did I see you? Ten times, if even? I, mean, I feel like I know you. We have yeah. to see more of you. The boyfriend. I, uh, know, maybe, I know. I, I, wanted, I, wanted, I wanted to come to the desert to visit you guys, but I want to make sure you have your shots and all that stuff. That's why yes. I asked you because I want to. Definitely. I'm meeting Sadie on Sunday, I think. Because I, I want No, we're going into LA. I'm trying I'm trying to reach Lainey Kazan. Son of a bitch, I can't reach her because she her her home number was changed and her cell phone, her box is full. I'm happy oh. that Lainey's box is full. But <laughs> I, I I text messaged her just today. I'm sure I got an answer. Because I want her to play the lead in my movie. Is she okay? And Let's hope she's okay. I hope she's okay. I haven't heard, I haven't spoken to Lainey. This is life. us reaching out to her right now, and hopefully she's right, like, Lainey, no, no, no. I, have, I, I haven't spoken to Lainey in maybe six months. But um, I wrote the script. It's wonderful. She's going to love it because it's it's about her. It's it's a comedy. Well, my crazy humor. And unfortunately, nothing for you. Maybe in, I don't have a character for you. How dare you? I'm gonna well, get you into some other movies. There's other movies. I got coming. like 16 films I'm producing. Yeah, other I'm other get you other one. movies coming. As soon as I get money, I'm waiting to get money. But no, I needed a, a dizzy dame blonde, waspy, 
kind of drunken, crazy old whore. She could do so, that. No, I asked, <laughs> I asked Sadie. Wait, no, I was going to say, I was literally going to go, you mean Sadie Katz? Yeah. So I asked Sadie we to play Sadie. that part. I love it. I adore my Sadie. Are you kidding? So let's go back to so I want to go, my I other go daughter. back to you. All right. So you've done all these different great things. Everybody mm-hmm. in the chat room is like loving everything. Um, but let's do some hypothetical things. First of all, what are your favorite kinds of movies? Let's say you were going to like, you and your boyfriend uh, are, are soon, are you and your fiance, soon to be husband, are sitting Only on the couch happen. and you have nothing to do and you want to watch a movie. What's your go to? Do you have like a go to movie? Like, oh my God, I love this movie and you've seen it a bunch of times? A go to movie? No, yeah. I mean, I, I like really dark shit. Okay. I like disturbing, like, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the show yet. Mark Ruffalo, it's called I Know This Much Is True on HBO. No. And oh. about his twin brother who's schizophrenic. And my my friend plays the double of him, Gabe Fazio, an incredible actor. And it is such an incredible show. So I Know This Much Is True is, is definitely one of my top ones right now. Um, but then I like to mix it up a little and be like, that was too disturbing. I need something funny and bright now. Let's watch something like... Um, what would I watch to like give me? Uh, Do you watch Emily in Paris? I liked Emily in no. Paris. No, Augie, Augie. We watched a film the other night. I really, I, I really laugh at movies. Okay. Oh. I was hysterical in this movie. He's the only person who has never seen this movie. Never saw this movie. I was hysterical. It was the funniest. You must watch it. What's She's it seen it. Everybody in the world has seen it. What's it called? Hey guys, Ron, for the first time I ever. The other night, Ron, right. for the first time, saw There's Something About Mary, and he fucking, oh. like, loved it. He thought it was hilarious. Oh, wait. You just, hold He's on. never Ron, seen it before. <laughs> Have you seen that film? Everybody's seen it. It was such a it's, huge it's, hit. It's, it's such a funny show. It's when a he, funny movie, I mean. When he masturbated and had an orgasm on his head, and she saw it. She said, what is that white cream on your ear? He said, it's gel. Hair gel. Hair gel. She took it and put it on her bangs. <laughs> I was crying. What a piece of Lynn work. Shea. Lynn Shea is in that movie. Isn't she I, great in that? Yeah, great. 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 Tan, like really tan, fake tan. Yes. Oh, my God, it's right. I love that she film. She was very funny. Funny film. Funny, so funny Okay, film. so like, let's say uh, a bucket list. You've worked with all these like great people. Uh, what's a male and a female actor that you have not worked with that you think would be awesome to be on your bucket list to work with? And as you're thinking about that, if you could have ever been in any movie that's ever been made in history, what movie would you have liked to have been in? Wow, that is a really good question. Um, <laughs> Let me let me think about that, but I'll tell you who I would love to work with because it's just such a dream for me is Tilda Swinton. I'm a big oh, fan yes. of Tilda Swinton. But Tilda Swinton, great pick. Yeah, she's like Betty Davis, Ron, but now I'm kidding. <laughs> well, how do I not know her? Why you know her. I know her by face. You know her. She she's looks got the like real a real skinny face. Anyway, whatever. She's Move like... I don't know. Yes, you do. Hang on. I don't know that name. Yes, you do. Who's it? Tilda Swinton. Nobody. By the way, nobody has ever said Tilda Swinton. So I I, I love that because everybody, all the girls always say Meryl Streep and we're like, oh, come on. Give me a fucking break. (laughs) Really? Well, yeah, I mean, she's incredible, but Tilda Swinton's just so weird and bizarre and unique. And I want to, I want to like play with her. No, I knew knew Betty Davis really well. And 
as a person, she was the complete opposite as a movie actress. It's amazing how she became that sophisticated, elegant, oh, perfect woman. Hilda Swinton's going to be Auntie Mame in the remake of Auntie Mame. They're not doing Auntie Mame. <laughs> yeah, they are. Right away. They're going to ruin it. Rosalind Russell owns that. It belongs to Rosalind Russell. Get out of here. Stick her shit out I feel like there's a lot more actresses that I want to work with than male actors. Maybe that's just like the feminist in me, but there are a lot of actors as well I'd like to work with. But you know who I'm a big fan of is, uh, do you guys know who Oscar Isaac is? Yes. The actor He's, Ron's like, who the fuck? No, because I don't, you know, I, I, people say, who would you like to work with? And I say, I worked with her when I was 19, Sophia Loren. I was in the movie with uh, her well, when I was 19. I would love to work with Sophia again nowadays as old people. And I mean, you never know, it might happen. If I write something good, Sophia may like it because she's back to working. She yeah. was a delightful woman. I, she was 26, I was 19, and she was so sweet. She kissed me on my cheek. I never washed my face. Date. I, I was so in love with her. I thought she was what a charming, beautiful person. That's when I met Tab Hunter because he was on the set, and Tab and I stayed friends until he passed. Isn't, isn't Oscar Isaac the guy from Ex Machina? Yeah, he's freaking cool. Nobody's ever picked him either. But I also really? think he's in like Avengers and he's in like the Star Wars movies. He's in all well, now, I, now, but he was such an indie darling actor that was so unique and he did these really incredible indies. And I was like, who is this guy? And now he's in these huge films. But also, oh, here's one you both know, Gina Rollins. Yes. That's, love her. Love her. That is a top tier, you know, woman under the influence. She, she lived, she lived down the road from us, and I was trying to reach her to get her on this show, and then she oh. passed. She passed away, yeah. and I was so unhappy because she was one of my favorite. You know, she was married to what's his name, a wonderful actor, um, whatever his name was. Uh, they're a great team. I don't know names. Yeah. Uh, oh my God! Why am I blanking on the name right now? I know who you're talking about. Blake on the name. What's his name? The the Greek fellow. He was Greek. Well, he she was with Cassavetes, right? She was with Cassavetes. That, that's yes. it. That's who, that's who her husband was. Cassavetes. Oh, she still was with Cassavetes. Okay, so she yeah. yeah. That's he made. He, he died first, and then she died. I think a year ago or so, and she lived right on the road in one of the country clubs uh, here. I think Oscar's hot in the chat room. They like him. <laughs> Well, if I had to make a movie with my favorite male star would be Jason. He likes Jason State, though. Jason Statement. I want to play with him. The two of us are homosexuals, and we're in bed naked making love. And then the movie opens up. Maybe. She probably doesn't even know who that is. Do you know who Jason Statham is? He's like a big uh, actor. I know, I know who he is. Gorgeous. He doesn't yeah. do much. I know he who doesn't he is. Oh, yeah, not sexy, gorgeous, sexy. He's hunky. not. Is he? He's the. Uh, See, she doesn't think he's sexy. Either. Oh, I don't girl, think she's he's not. Sexy. She's not gay. Yeah. <laughs> you have to be a gay guy. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Uh, if I had to pick a guy to like make out with, Michael. Not say it. Oh, there you go. There you go. That was that, good. That son of a bitch. That's not marrying. I'm going to cut his back. <laughs> I see him, I'm going to put a scissor, and, and, and if he's not circumcised, I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to, I'm going to make him one inch. I'm going to cut it right off. He's, he's definitely circumcised. <laughs> Thank God. He's probably sitting there, too. He's probably sitting there That's listening. Punk. Where do I he's see like that? He's like right here. Yeah. He is fabulous, though. He's a really nice I like guy. Michael, but 
next time I see him, I'm going to say, you know, Michael, I'm from Brooklyn. So here's the deal. Wait a minute. I know Italian people, if you know what I'm talking about, you know, a little. If you don't marry her next year, we're going to have your fucking knees broken, your neck broken, your face burned, and your fingers chopped off. We're going to give him a year after COVID is over and we can go out. He has a year. To, I'm ready for done. that wedding. I'm ready for that yeah, wedding. Yeah, then we'll be all ready because we need a good party to go to. <laughs> I we know yours will be filled with no, celebrities because you're a superstar. I threat, I threaten Miles all the time. Miles said, "We're getting married." I said, "Miles, I, we will never find anybody more compatible for you than Sadie. Both are insane to get oh, you out with them. They're crazy. <laughs> they kill each other. They're wild. No, they no, love no, each I, other." Yeah. I love the balance between them. I think the balance. Is with the those they, are is the really they are the best. No, nobody, nobody, yeah. nobody could tolerate him, and nobody could tolerate her. Yet they tolerated. No, oh, he's a he's a piece of work, you know. He's not exactly Mr. Charmer. No, 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 no. I love Miles to death. He's like my son. But Miles is difficult. I feel sorry for all the other girls that went out with him. Miles is a controller. He's very, very controlling, and very much he's set in his ways. I love his mother, Harriet. She's an old Jew from yeah. the Bronx. She came to think. I love her. And she's very strict. And Miles is like his They're mother. Fabulous. Sadie on the other hand. We all Sadie, have our shit. <laughs> yeah, you're right. We all have our shit. Well, Sadie, on the other hand, is a free spirit. Sadie yes. doesn't really know what time it is, what year it is, or where she is. No. <laughs> she is float. That's why I love her so much because she's like me. Well, you guys, too, listen, what? If you guys want to follow Augie on Instagram, she's at Duke Augie, not Augie Duke, but at Duke Augie. So it's D U K E A U G I E. She posts a lot of fun stuff. Um, so if you were going to recommend one of your projects for everybody listening that needs to watch it, it's like one of your more favorite performances, what would you actually recommend for everybody to go to watch? And don't say clown fear. Yeah, it depends on. <laughs> Okay, you can pick a horror one and a non-horror one. How's that? Well, the two ones I'm really proud of are both not horror, but I do have a horror thriller that I'm really proud of coming out this year, so I could okay. talk about that. Um, there, There's two films that I'm really proud of, and it depends on what kind of type of film people like that are watching this, but one of them is called Burning Kentucky, and the other one is called Trauma is a Time Machine, and they're both you know dark and gritty, but I'm really proud of them. Um, and then I have a horror thriller... Groundhog's Day style movie that I did, Michael called 645. You can follow them on Instagram. That's coming out like next this year or next year. We're not sure yet, but yeah, I think those are the three I'm proud of. Is it the Burning Kentucky? Didn't you win like a zillion awards for that? Like and like the King Shit actress? Which was shocking because I've never like won anything, so it felt very humbling. Yeah. You should you you put put, that that stuff came on my page and I commented and liked it and I wrote about it. I know. I like you, so I'll watch you. If your film stinks, I'll watch it just because you're in it. I do that with a lot of uh, movies. I stars. love no, A lot of friends of mine that are in shitty movies, you know, famous movies, famous people. I watch it yeah. because I love them and their performance, not necessarily the story. That's me. Lance Henriksen is my favorite actor, and I watch every Lance Henriksen movie, and we're, we're not really friends, but we, we've gone to dinner and we've done some stuff. Um, so we're like friendly acquaintances. I and, watched. Uh, just, I just saw. And he told me, wait, now yeah. he did this movie called. He did this movie. It was about like Bigfoot, and it was like really the biggest piece of shit ever that I'd ever seen. It was so bad. I had to watch it though, just because he's. I see everything he's in, 
And, uh, and so I asked him about it and I was like, you know, that was like a really shitty, that's like probably like the worst movie you ever did. And he's like, yeah, but he said, I, I got to make my, uh, uh, what do you call it when you have a, your divorce and you got to pay payments? Alimony. Yeah, I have to make my alimony payments. Learn that payment. word. Learn that <laughs> yeah. word. It's like I have to make my alimony payments. No, you know? <laughs> no totally. I did, I did a film with Lance. Um, we did a Western. But yeah, you know, you got to make a buck here and there and be like, you know what? Maybe it's not the best film, but I got to pay these bills. That's right. The bills got to get paid. I understand that totally. I, think, I, I, have, I mean, I get it. I have six films coming up. I think you're in one of my films. Am I? Are we? I think oh, so. are we? Did we do the Thomas Churchill? Did we do the Thomas Churchill film together? No, no you didn't. No, no, no. Dave, Dave's film. Read his script. Oh, Dave Bailey. Are you going to be? In Dave? Read, I think you're one of the daughters. In, in well, Dave. maybe, maybe you don't know it yet, but he wants you. <laughs> no, I'm your father. I played the father. And say, uh, wait, Sherry Davis and Sadie. No, there's more than that. Sherry Davis is one of my daughters. I think Sadie's my other daughter. If I'm not mistaken, I think you were in that film also. Hey, Bailey. So, so maybe script, you haven't heard about minute. it yet, but his you're going to. <laughs> yeah, his script is wonderful. For, for once, well, I'm excited to read it. Came. A good script came one for once in a lifetime. I, mean, yeah. I can't wait to do it. So how is it for you? Because you've been in bigger productions and you've also done you know, some of the like – barely has a nickel kind of like things like, like how is that for you? And how is it coming from a family where your mom, you know, did movies, you know, where they, they probably like weren't shot on a cell phone um, back then. They didn't even have cell phones. So like, how is that for you? Cause like you've come from, it's kind of like Ron and we were talking to Monica earlier, you know, like things have changed a, a lot and you kind of yeah. came in at the beginning, you kind of like came in and started becoming popular at the beginning of cell phone movies. Um, <laughs> No, yeah, I have. I just have a lot of respect for any filmmaker that's like, I'm going to do a movie, and they actually do it. Yeah, that's it a good thing too, because it takes yeah, a lot of work. Yeah, but you know what? So many of them stink. I mean, I I go to these red carpets, and I sit there, and I'm in torture and agony because the film is so bad, the acting is bad. Like I tell Jimmy, people read lines, cannot read a line. You have to become the character. Yeah, like put something in those lines. Now, when I played the minister, they want, here's how it happened. I met him at a red carpet, the, the, the Asian guy, what's his name, whatever. It's Ming. Ming, 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 Wing, Ming, whatever. <laughs> and he uh, said to me, you're fabulous. I love your personality. I want you to play the gay minister. I said, fine, I'm good at that. Comedy is my thing. And for some reason, Lionsgate said to him, no gay. So he came over to me and he said, okay, play it straight. And said to myself, the morning of. Yeah, the morning of. <laughs> and I said to myself, fuck you. Wait, the morning of said, play it no. straight? And the morning yeah, of the play, straight, he said, don't. So he had been practicing it gay, and then he had to yeah, like, change I, it I straight. I wasn't doing it like a faggot. I wasn't doing it like a fairy. I was doing it like a kiss to her. I did it. So when I yelled, what about me? That was the gay way. Uh, I thought they were going to edit it out, but they left all of it in. I was no, like, I love Opus. It was very like the loafers as the minister deliberately. No, you I love a, it. You needed comedy there because he just said the most horrible things to Sadie. And I was pissed off because the camera was shooting Sadie face on. I'm looking at Sadie and I'm saying, wow, what a good piece of work she's doing. She's trembling. She's perspiring. She's holding back the tears. Nice piece of work. And I couldn't wait to see the film. Well, when I saw the film, Ming Wing Ding, decided to use the over the shoulder the back shot 
So you never saw Sadie's wonderful performance. He just really hated her and did everything he could <laughs> to destroy her. But we screwed him because he wasn't inviting her to the red carpet. And I contacted him and I said, you don't want me to go public, tell people what I think about you. I said, so Even say, so I said, so, wait, so I said, say, say, I said, say, I said, Sadie Katz would be my date at the Red Cup. And they're writing in the chat room, Ming Wing Ding. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck his name is. He's got some kind of an Asian name. No, he's weird. Ming. What is it called? Ming. His name is Ming. Not Ming. Yeah. No, it's not M-I-N-G. Oh. What is his, what was his name? Wing? Men. Man, she's not going to tell you because she's not going to get involved in this. <laughs> I don't think he's in the business anymore. Oh, yeah, he's he's making a movie. oh, I thought he went back to running a Chinese restaurant. No, oh, Ron, that was terrible. <laughs> no, actually, I just saw on his Instagram he went to some foreign country to make another film. Oh, another beauty. <laughs> Another winner. Look at her. She's like, holy shit. Anyway, hold on. We've got oh, three too minutes. bad we're not in that one, Aug. We have three minutes, you guys. So listen up. So, so this I is Augie Duke, you know. guys. Augie who, is Duke. A, who is a delightful, delicious, lovely human being. Literally one of the best young actresses in Hollywood you today, you guys. She's really so fabulous. And not only is she a great actress, but she's a really great person. Um, Ron's only joking when he talks about, like, cutting off the balls of her fiance. No, I'm not. <laughs> He's actually a very, very, very nice guy. I am not too. joking. Uh, <laughs> I know me. I'm going to put them in a jar. And uh, he's fabulous. You guys want to follow her on Instagram? It's at yeah, Duke let's, um, let's build up. Oh, you're not on. You're not on Twitter, are you? Are you on Twitter? I am, but I'm never on it. Okay, so don't go. To <laughs> like I'm me, on huh? it. It's Augie. Okay, so I'm never on you can like find her. You want to watch all her different movies, especially the ones. Can we watch the Kentucky Burning one yet? Is it out someplace that we can see it? Yeah, Burning Burning Kentucky's on like Amazon, iTunes, the okay, whole you, you know all the virtual. So everybody going to watch. We'll watch it tonight. Yeah, we're going to watch Burning Kentucky, you guys, because I know you uh, want to. Yeah, we'll watch cool. it tonight. Um, it'll be a lot of fun. It's pretty. It's pretty. It's pretty, but it's it's really it's cool. I think you'll like it, hopefully. Absolutely, and everybody so has to go see. Is it a decent script? It has to be a one on The script is good. Script. The script is yes. The script is really good. That is yes. And good everybody script. has to see whether you like whether you you have to see bad kids go to hell, you guys, and look at and and you should all everybody should have a poster of it with Augie autographing it in their collection because she's on the front of the cover. She's the first person that you see on the cover. It's literally like one of my like, my favorite like indie films ever, and she's fabulous in it. And, and that's what made me so excited to go and meet her. So everybody go see Bad Kids Go to Hell. You'll love it. And um, uh, and every follow her on Instagram. And and then when you're leaving the show, look up Partial Nudity Podcast because next Audie's going on Sadie's show called Partial Nudity Podcast, and he talks. Sadie's kind of like Ron, pretty much like nothing. Yeah, but goes. she has not. I, she has not invited me on her show. She will. She's just getting started. She's only done two. Yeah, I know, but I, I, if she had me on the show, it'd skyrocket to fame. Augie, Augie, when you go on, tell Sadie I send her a big juicy kiss. Yes, and have fun. And thank you so much for coming and on. A big and juicy to kiss you to you. A big kiss to you. The I next you. time you see Michael. 
Each time he's like right there in the room. He's in his office. I'm gonna go tell him right now, though. You know, you know, you know what you do. Hurry up! No, put Brillo pads around your vagina. Oh, that'll fix his wagon good. Yeah. All right, Augie. Thank you so much. We want to thank the chat room. Everybody in the chat room. Thank you so much. See you guys next week. Love you. Love you all. I love you guys. Thank you guys for watching. It's another episode. Here we go. The Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Interviewing the hottest, newest, and truest of today's celebrities. Make sure to subscribe so you can get notified weekly. Jimmy Star, he's the king of cool. Ron Russell, he's a gorgeous dude. Chat room is live and you would be a fool not to vibe with us at the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. So come watch it live on WCY Radio. Miss some past episodes? Download on iTunes. The Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. It's the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell.